Good morning, Top Fan Rivalry followers. On a Wednesday morning, I got a new guest in the clubhouse. Team we spoke about, a team that was put together very well at the beginning of the season, dot, dot, dot. Anyways, we'll talk about that in a second. Phil, good morning on a Wednesday. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you, man. It's, I've heard a lot about you. I've been on one of your lives with you and the boys out there. But now it's great to have you in the clubhouse. Hopefully you heard uh, some good things about me. <laughs> uh, you Listen, you wouldn't be here if I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get right into it. You are a fan of the New York Mets. The Metropolitans. I love it. Um, which, as a side note, at the beginning of the season, now I believe Dodger Blue, everybody on here knows this, but I will readily admit this. Day one of spring training, if you asked me, and some did, that said, who's the National League Championship Series? I would have said the Padres and the Mets. On paper, beginning of the season, day one, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, there was a lot of things that I had some issues with the team, you know, with the bullpen, with some depth issues. I felt like we were relying on our big starters and these superstars to really perform. Um, but I know nowhere near thought that we were going to have a year like this. I, I always thought we'd be fighting for a wild card spot at worst. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I listen. I said day one of spring training, which is before, uh, before yep. the trumpet got uh, silenced for the season. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we won't talk about that. Cause I don't want you to reach through the computer screen to take me out. <laughs> um, all right. How do you become a Mets fan? I became a Mets fan going to games with my uncle when I was a kid. I probably would from the about 97 to 2000. I went from anywhere to 15 to about 25 games a year. And uh, before that, believe it or not, I was actually a Yankee fan as a young kid um, just from their success and just being brought into that. But when you're going to the stadium as a young kid, there's nothing like it. And I easily just jumped on board and uh, I've been a Mets fan ever since. Yeah. I, I say this on all my podcasts, but I that's my favorite question to ask because baseball is truly America's favorite pastime. Every I would say 90 plus percent of the time I ask that, it comes back to a, a dad, a mom, a grandma, a grandpa, an aunt, an uncle. It, it's a familial thing, right? Yeah. And you got a lot of memories. I mean, I, gosh, I can remember going to baseball games with my dad. Um you know, I, I live close to Angel Stadium and my dad lived by Dodger Stadium. So I went to Dodger Stadium and Angel Stadium every year, a couple, mm -hmm. eight, ten times a year. So it was great. Um, all right. Favorite players. Let's talk favorite players, my friend. Do you have a current favorite player and do you have a favorite player of all time? Now, you've got plenty to choose from from the mm -hmm. Mighty Mets, but uh, they can be anywhere. So talk okay. to me about favorite players. Favorite player all time, hands down, is Mike Piazza, without a question. Um, you know, I, I still remember I went to his first ever game as a Met, and uh, I feel like that was part of the reason, too. I was kind of becoming a Met fan, and when he came in, it just put the icing on the cake. He was my guy, and uh, he's been my guy ever since. Okay. If, I, if I had to go current guy right now, um, it probably would be Lindor. I really love him. I feel like he catches a lot of slack. And uh, I, I just love the way he plays the game. I love the way he is in the clubhouse. So I would I would go Lindor if I had to pick one right now. Nice. Um, most people that I interview will say Lindor 
or if it's a female, it's always Pete. I can't find a jersey that fits me correctly, Alonzo. Um, <laughs> you, you know the Mets do that to drag in the female crowd. Oh, you know it. You know it. I mean, Chicks and you know Pete's doing too. What's that? <laughs> Chicks dig the long ball too. You know that's right. Funny. That's right. Um, your your favorite player of all time. I have to respect that. I will tell you there were very few times in baseball where I've cried. I literally cried the night that Mike Piazza got traded um, because we kind of in L.A. knew it was going to happen. Yeah, we weren't sure, but he wasn't getting along with management and Tommy Lasorda kind of wasn't in a position to protect him. And when he got shipped to actually Florida before they were called the Miami Marlins for Gary Sheffield, Charles Johnson and Bobby Bonilla, I thought, OK, well, Bobby Bo, fine. Uh, Gary Sheffield, yeah. Charles Johnson, nah, whatever. But um, I mean, you have some familiarity with Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, He's unfortunately. <laughs> July first, baby. Woo! A national you know holiday it. out there in Queens. Yeah, you know it. You know it. But no, I actually, I mean, much respect for Piazza, man. That guy played the game right, and and he did it well. He did it well. A lot of kids, a lot of respect, a lot of things. So I like mm -hmm. it. No, yeah, Piazza. Piazza, I feel like, changed the Mets, too. We went from a team where, you know, kind of like the laughing stock of baseball, and he came in and just solidified us a little bit, you know, gave us uh, that superstar in the middle of the lineup. Yeah, and I don't care what anybody says. That home run that he hit against the Braves after 9-11, that saved baseball. That saved a lot yep. of people. I mean, on the on the West Coast, we just watched it on TV, right? Yeah. On the East Coast, you guys were living it. And so, I mean, you were dealing with it a much more in the sense that not only did you see the buildings come down, but the smells, the, the reality of stuff that couldn't be reported on TV. And so, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I'll never forget it. I was a freshman in high school when it happened. And still like yesterday, 9-11, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So we got your favorite players. Uh Ballparks that you've attended, um, major league ballparks that you've attended, obviously your your favorites probably got to be City Field, but um, ballparks that you've attended, whether they're standing or not, still. Bar, ballparks I attended, we got Shea Stadium, City Field, old Yankee Stadium, new Yankee Stadium, not the old, old Yankee Stadium, but just the old one now. Uh -huh. um, Fenway. Baltimore, Washington, and San Diego. I went to Petco. So my – and I actually went to Colorado. Didn't go see a game, but just did like a tour there in the offseason one time when I was in Colorado. I'd probably have to go – my favorite stadium all time, even though it's a, it's a dump, would probably be Shea Stadium because I just have so many memories to it. You know, it, it's my whole childhood, that place. I remember – being there, like I said, 20 to 30 times a year almost. And uh, I felt like you had the freedom. I remember my my uncle and my dad just letting me go, you know, being nine and 10 years old and just running around the stadium. Um, so I would have to say Shea Stadium because it has a special place in my heart. But other than that, I'd probably go Petco. I, I loved Petco. Okay. Okay. I like that. Now, you got to promise me something. When I get out there next year and I get to a game, you got to promise me, if you're there with me, you show me where home plate's at. I got to see it. Oh, yeah. That's one of those things I like to see. We'll I, do. We'll do. That's that's one of the great experiences, too, when you go to the game and just go to the parking lot and 
seeing the old bases in the mound and home plate, you know, where Shea Stadium used to uh, used to lie. I love doing that. Yeah, it's uh, I did that in the parking lot by city or by uh, Citizens Bank where the vet was at. OK. Uh, and although that they extended the bases a little bit, it wasn't 90 feet because I stood on the mound and I looked and I'm like, I used to be a pitcher. This is more than 60 <laughs> feet, six inches. Somebody didn't measure very well. I mean, it felt like about 100 feet. Yeah. I'm like, man, Nolan Ryan's fastball would still be over 100 mile an hour, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> this is brutal. I feel um, like, and you know the crazy thing when you mentioned city. Yeah. But like Field kind of copied like the way they, they have the whole when you're walking around. Mm -hmm. um, and I like Citizens Bank as well. I love how everything is just connected. You got the football stadium, the hockey, basketball, and the baseball all share the same parking lot. So I love that with Philly. Yeah, absolutely. When I was a lot younger, um, I went back there for actually to New Jersey for a funeral, but I flew into Philadelphia and we drove by that. Went back when the vet was still there and, and, um, and the spectrum and things. And I had never seen that because out here in Orange County, LA area, you got these huge parking lots. You don't put something else in a parking lot. And to think that mm -hmm. all three stadiums or all three arenas slash stadiums were in the same parking lot. That was crazy to me to think. I just thought, oh man, this is nuts, but Hey, we'll take it. Right. We'll take it. So, all right. I'm going to throw you, a yep. I'm going to throw you a curveball of a question. Are you ready? Uh, let's pick a month. We're going to call it, I'm ready. We're going to call it May. Okay. It's May of 2024. Okay. You can only visit five ballparks. You got a month off unlimited resource, five major league ballparks that you haven't been to. Where are you going? I'm going to Chicago. I got to go see Wrigley. That's on my ballparks right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to LA. I got to see Dodger stadium. Hey. Um, I'm going to Pittsburgh. I really wanted to see Pittsburgh. That's a stadium that uh, it's definitely on my bucket list. I have to go. Um, if I would like to see St. Louis, you know, Bush Stadium, one of the old stadiums right there in the middle of the country. And then um, I'd probably go Colorado. Like I said, I went to it for a tour, but I, I really like the stadium. I'd love to see a game there. So again. Yeah. You definitely got to, as a side note, I just got back from Kansas City. You got to put Kaufman on your list of places you want to go to. Um, it I love You that. wouldn't think of it, but mm -hmm. it's an amazing stadium. From the outside, it looks amazing. From the inside, it's fantastic. Uh, so check out Kaufman at some point. Yeah. Yeah, no, the waterfall and the backdrop. I, I that's definitely a stadium that's up there too. Uh, the Royals just never had that appeal, you know, where you want to go see it, uh, want to go see them. But um, that stadium, I, I totally agree. Are you sure 2015 wasn't an appeal to go to Kaufman? True, yeah, true, true. I, I like to forget about that. You know what I mean? I like to forget about that year because it was such a flash in the pan. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that we got to we got to bring that year up just as a dagger in the back. Uh, yeah. Feels like, man, I keep on uh, a podcast, man. We need to gotta uh, sucker punch me like that. What's up? Oh, uh, I don't even want to think about the Royals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kaufman is a, a listen. I just got back from there. It was fantastic. It it I didn't mm. think personally, seeing it on TV, I didn't think, oh man, this 
And it's cool to see, you know, it's older. They might tear it down yeah. the next five years or so, move closer to the city, whatever. But no, it was phenomenal. It was absolutely what would you phenomenal. say is your what would you say is your favorite stadium out of all of the ones that you've been to? Um, I'm a homer. I love Dodger Stadium because of the history. Uh, just like you love yep. Shea Stadium. If I were to pick, hmm, gosh, that's hard. If I were to pick, I'd say either Fenway. Fenway is breathtaking. Um, mm-hmm. the, the field is just as majestic as it looks on TV. Um, Minute Maid was pretty phenomenal in Houston, as was Globe Life. Globe Life in Arlington was, you didn't feel like you were indoors for that stadium. Um, mm-hmm. it was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, and so was Camden Yards. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, City, Citizens Bank was pretty awesome too, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it'd be so tough outside of Dodger Stadium. I would have to say, um, I, I would have to say, gosh, one of those, you know. And, yeah. And if you were gonna go to a stadium and you said, "Hey, Bill, I'm going to the stadium," that, I, you know, one of those that I just mentioned, I'd say, "Hey, Phil, make sure you go to or make sure you check out and Kaufman again." Uh, there's really not a bad seat in the house in Kaufman the way that it's constructed. Um, I hmm. you know. On the bucket list, I've been to Yankee Stadium. On the bucket list is to get to City Field. Um, definitely want to see City Field at some point. Uh, there's a lot of history between the Dodgers and the Mets, and um, of course, I mean, just your rotunda there, where it says City Field is built like the mm-hmm. old Mets Field. Your colors are the Giants and Dodger colors. Yep. Um, I mean, there's a lot of history there. So yeah, but I I enjoy those. The um, man, if you talk to me about food at the ballparks. I'm not going to tell you which one I like the best because I don't want to offend anybody, but I'll tell you offline mm-hmm. uh, which one. You're going ballpark food. Forget about it. I got a place for you. Just go check it out. Nice. So. Nice. Yeah, City Field actually gets a lot of uh, credit, too, for their ballpark food. I think this yeah. year they won, like, the best ballpark foods, too. They yeah. have a lot of, like, weird stuff. Good, good, really good stuff. You ought to try the brooms, uh, the boomstick in uh, Arlington. It's a two foot long hot dog. I'll send, wow. you, I'll send you a picture of it. They give it to you in a two foot in a long. That's crazy. Tray. A foot long hot dog long enough. Now you get to add a two foot hot dog. That's insane. I'm going to show you, I'm going to send you a picture offline of a regular size hot dog inside with a foot long hot dog with the boomstick. Forget about it. When you look at it and don't think you're tough and you can eat the whole thing. I tried. It's a four person <laughs> job minimum. <laughs> Okay, it doesn't happen. Okay, I mean, don't don't think you're awesome. Don't think you're gonna do it. I don't care yeah. if you lost a bet and you think you're gonna try. I'm gonna be there to point and laugh at you because it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big guy, so I might give a pretty good effort there. You know? I do not care. I had a big guy with me, and trust me, I had a marine with me too. Trust me, this dude can pack it away. Ain't gonna yeah. happen. Just ain't gonna happen. Oh. So. See, two feet of hot dog, that's insane. You know, I couldn't even imagine that. Yeah. Trust me, when I send you the picture, you're going to go, oh, oh. <laughs> it's going to make you hungry, but you're going to go, oh. <laughs> so, uh, um, that's great. All right, final question for you. 2023 has not played itself out, and there's no need to kick a man when he's down. Talk to me about 2024 as far as maybe needs, wants, managing expectations just assume i know nothing about the mets but i want to know everything mm-hmm. about the mets inside of 60 seconds 
I would say wants are pitching, you know, we, and needs, we need it. Uh, we need depth there. Um, I really like our younger hitters. I think a couple pieces added there, bullpen depth and just starting pitching depth is what the Mets need beyond belief. And the real thing I love about everything is, is Steve Cohen being the owner. We finally have an owner that I could trust that is going to put the money into the team and give everything he has to, you know, try to put a good team on the field. And, uh, that's all I really ever wanted. I just want a team that's going to be there in September and play competitive winning baseball. I don't need to see a championship every year. I want to see meaningful games late in the season. And uh, I feel like we have an owner now, finally, that we're going to see that, even though we didn't get it this year. Yeah, it's it, that's a great comment. And I honestly, there's two things that I hope the Mets do. Okay. And one may be popular with you, two may not be. Okay, but just mm -hmm. outside of perspective, right? Baseball pierced outside of perspective. Number one, I hope that you do not trade Pete Alonso and you offer him an extension. Um, he's kind of like your David Wright. I agree. He's he's kind of the face of your mm -hmm. franchise right now. You, you and he's going to be the biggest trade bait piece during you know the trade deadline. And I don't want to hear about it. Trade Juan Soto, fine from the Padres, whatever. But Pete's the, the face of your franchise. Mm -hmm. Um. I'll tell you right here and right now, if you built a team in a hypothetical world at, you know, at their best of Pete Alonzo, David Wright, um, guys like Jake Cronenworth, um, Brandon Nemo, um, Hansung, uh, Kim from the Padres, um, guys like that, you're winning a lot of champions. Dustin Pedroia, you're winning a lot of championships because they play the game right. Pete steps up, he tries to play the game yep. right. Um, batting average isn't there this year, not a big deal. Number two, Number two, I hope that you guys don't do is try to sign Shohei Otani. Um, I agree. Because the problem that you're going to have with Shohei um, right now is he probably won't pitch until June or July of next year. So that means you're hiring a full-time DH. What happens when Pete needs a break? Or what happens if if uh, Lindor or Nimmo or one of your other guys needs a break and or gets hurt and comes back and you don't want to put them in the field, but you can make them a DH because yep. of the universal DH. Now you're, now you're in trouble if you've got a $300 million DH on your staff. Right. Yeah. So I just, to me, keep them in Anaheim, let everybody in Anaheim enjoy them. Was it whatever? They're going to have trouble with trout and Otani, you know, both needing DH. But uh, I just, yep. I hope you don't do that. I really hope you don't do that. I honestly, I couldn't agree more. Uh, early in the year, when we were hearing all the Otani free agent talks, of course, I got excited. I'd love to be able to watch a guy like that on a daily basis. But like you just said, to piggyback off that, I hate, you know, tying down the DH position, just giving it to one person. I love having the ability to give the guys days off and use that DH position as a rotating, uh, you know, job for different people. Um, I just feel like we need too many things. Right now, the Mets need too many pieces to throw, let's say, $50 million a year at a guy like Otani, where we don't know what we're going to get out of him, especially arm-wise. Um, having said that, if we do have the money and we could bring a guy like that in and still bring other people, I mean, I'd love it. I I'd love to be able to watch him. I just don't – I feel like we need so much more. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think you need a lot more than just that piece. And um, Yeah. And, and, you know, now if Pete were 
seven years younger and he's the franchise player and he's seven years younger, like in Seattle, I'd say go after it. Because by the time Pete's going to reach mm-hmm. his time for being your universal DH, um, Shohei's contract will be long gone. I, I makes sense in Seattle with J-Rod and, and things. It makes sense in San Francisco where they're trying to rebuild. And um, it does not make sense down in San Diego. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense in a lot of places. It doesn't make sense in uh, Boston where you have, you know, Justin Turner and Rafael Devers and all these other guys. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense in New York. Right. I mean, the Yankees, I mean, I mean, can you imagine having John Carlos Stanton in the outfield every day because Shohei Otani is your DH? Yeah. Yeah. No, no way. No way. It just doesn't make sense. Question for you about Otani though. How Mm -hmm. long do you think we see him, do both pitch and hit. And also, do you think there's a time where we see him as a reliever and a hitter as well? Yes, on both. Um, Yes, yes, I think. So, yes, I think that he pitches. I don't think he's going to pitch much next season. Though he's not having full TJ surgery, it's going to take some time. It's going to be very similar to Bryce Harper, right? And Bryce Harper is just now playing the field, right? so he probably won't pitch much in 2024, maybe in July, August. Uh, I'm sorry, late June, early July, maybe August um, timeframe. Mm-hmm. But he will be a hitter. Uh, he can still hit after that surgery. He's 29 now. He'll be 30 next season. He'll probably pitch to 34, 35, depending on how much his arm holds up, depending on how many innings he can he can eat up. Um, will determine when he goes into the bullpen. Um, It's a fool's game. If if ownership has, if an owner of a team signs him for 10 years, 500 million, which is a discount from what his 676 was his uh, initial price tag. Um, If an ownership signs him for 10 years, well, I've got beachfront property in North Dakota to sell them. Right? I mean, eh, you're then hiring a DH for six years of that 10-year marker. And so I, I I think he'll sign a three-year deal where he'll pitch very little next season. He'll have to earn it at the plate. Then he'll come back in two, you know, for two years of that contract, try to dominate on the mound. And if he can do that, then go for another five or six where he's only pitching three or four of those. I don't see him pitching past age 35 or 36, so maybe five years. So, long mm-hmm. answer to a short question. And one last question. One last question regarding Otani. It seems like he's not going to be staying in LA, you know, with him leaving mm-hmm. um, recently and just being away from the team. What team would you say offers a deal for him? If I go first, I'm just going to say Seattle looks like a great landing spot for me. Um, you know, when you look at the history, obviously with Ichiro and you want to have another Japanese, you know, all-star player there. And I just feel like with the team there, they could really use a superstar DH. They have a lot of young talent all around him. I think that that would be a good spot. You're absolutely right. And I believe he has an off-season house in Seattle. I've okay. heard that Ichiro um, has been courting him. You know, here's my standard joke. You know, Shohei's called me a couple of times, but I've sent him a voicemail because um, <laughs> I'm too busy. That's my standard joke about everything. Everybody jokes about my voicemail. Um <laughs> Seattle's probably a key fit. The other key fits are teams that are are very close to making the playoffs and just need one 
extra piece of the puzzle. Um, yep. Another good fit for him is to go to Baltimore, where there's a lot of young kids, mm -hmm. and he can make an impact immediately and get them across the finish line to go deep in the playoffs. Um, yep. So Baltimore would be another spot for him. I do not like him in Queens or the Bronx, but if you guys get him, so be it. That's fine if, if you're happy with it. Um, Baltimore, Seattle, um, maybe, maybe, maybe the Cubs, but they've got, when I say, when I say middle-aged, I'm not referring to age-wise, I'm talking about careers. You got Cody mm -hmm. over there who probably will resign. You got Dansby Swanson over there. Some of those guys are going to need DH time. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't sit Shohei for somebody else. Uh, yep. I don't see him going to like a, a Colorado or a Kansas City who are still in rebuilding modes. I also don't see him going to San Francisco as much as he he came very close to signing with San Francisco before he signed with Anaheim. I refuse to call it L.A. because it's in Anaheim, but mm -hmm. he came very close. Uh, I just don't think he'll do it. I just yeah. can't see it happening. Um, but that's just. What, I mean, what do I know? Like I said, he's called me a couple of times, left me voicemails. I use Google Translate. They sounded great. I mean, he wants to talk, but I just don't have time right now. I told him I'm interviewing Philip this week. I just don't have enough time. I'll get back to him later. Phil from Charlotte, wait, all right? Yeah, I just said, listen, Phil's got my, you know, my attention this week. Show, hey, give me a call next. We'll talk. Okay. Uh, oh, it's great. <laughs> anyways, it was, it was pretty, but it was, you know. It, He's a unique player. I'll tell you right now that injury cost him probably three to five hundred million dollars. Yeah, I agree. And it's and it went from thirty teams courting him to probably five. Mm -hmm. And it's I'll, when we're off air, I'll tell you really where he's really not a good fit, just because mm -hmm. because. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't want to offend because we, uh, you know, because we cover all 30 teams. I don't want to offend some fans, but it's, yep. there's, there's two things that, you know, right. That, you know, these two things and though you hate to know them and though you hate to admit them, there's two sides to baseball, right? Side number one is the business of baseball. Side number two is the fandom of baseball. Lots of times those two don't see eye to eye. Huh. Yep. Because as fans, we're like, well, what is, in your case, what is Uncle Stevie doing? I can't believe he did this. And then, what is he thinking in here? And, and But you weren't in the room. You don't know. The player could have said, you know, Max could have said, listen, you just got rid of Kate Upton. You just got rid of half the team. I don't want to be here. Screw you. Right? And yep. you know he shipped out. But you don't know that because none of that's ever going to be broadcast. Right? You know, JV could have literally said, I just don't like pitching in Queens. Trade me. Yeah. I want to go yep. someplace. Trade me. I'm running out of steam. I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer guaranteed. Trade me. But you as a fan don't. Why would you know that? Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm player. mad too when they sold. You know, I was mad when they sold because I wasn't ready to give up on this year. I was looking at this year like, you know, we could still compete for that third wild card spot. You know, mm -hmm. the, the teams that were ahead of us, I'm looking at them like, hey, we're trotting out JV. Scherzer, Quintana, you know, Sanga, and then we got Carrasco going on the fifth day. I mean, we could win four out of five over the next couple of weeks. And uh, I just felt like 
once we traded David Robinson, right at that point, you could tell the air was out of the building. Everybody gave up on the year. And, uh, you know, ever since then, it was just been a, a slow death. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I um, I agree. There was, there was some things. I mean, I've been watching baseball enough, and I work, you know, have worked in my career in personal finance. So I saw some writing on the wall when Uncle Stevie spent the amount of money that he spent. I thought, this is, mm-hmm. we're betting it all on blue and orange. <laughs> like, we're not even giving it a shot to be red or black. We're just betting it all. And yeah. though it makes sense, <laughs> it, it, you know, it can be a slippery, slippery slope. And it's, again, the business of baseball and the fandom of baseball, very few times ever see eye to eye. And um, there are very few times I said this on a podcast when I was when I did my own personal podcast one day without a guest. I said the Cardinals are the first team that I've seen in several years that have on paper done exactly what we thought they would do. Right. Padres and Mets are a perfect example. Neither one of you guys are going to the championship series this season. Mm hmm. But on paper, that looked like that was going to happen. On paper, the Cardinals looked like they were going to be in last place. They looked like they were going to be terrible. They didn't replace mm-hmm. players. They let players go. And sure enough, they're terrible, right? The uh, Diamondbacks on yep. paper looked like they were going to be in fourth or fifth place, maybe. And they're competing for a wild card spot. So it's, you just never know. It's a long season. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, I remember even a couple of years ago with the Giants where I wasn't expecting anything from them. And then, boom, out of nowhere, they have this great year. I think it was even last year, right, where you're just not expecting them to be good. And they win 100 and something games. Was that two years ago? Two years ago, 107 games. Yeah. And that was yep. before they had the wild card series. And the Dodgers yep. had to play the Cardinals. Dodgers oh, have won 106 man. games and the Cardinals have won 87 games. Oh. And we're 27 outs away from ending the season. I was livid. I'm like, somebody call, somebody call the league office. This sucks. (laughs) See, I always think back to the times too, before I was even alive, before I was really watching baseball, even like that in the late eighties, early nineties, where, you know, if you don't win your division, you're not making the playoffs. Yep. Yep. That to me, I look at that, it's insane. Yeah. There were two divisions and back in the days at Ebbets field, there were, there were two, you know, two leagues in one division. That's it, so yeah. you win your league, you go to the World Series. And, yep. you know, there were 10 teams in each league. And, you know, so it was special what the Yankees were doing and what the Brooklyn Dodgers were doing because there was no playoff series. Yeah. <laughs> and so, But I, I do joke about this all the time. And people that are listening, I'm sorry that I tell the same jokes. What can I say? I'm old. Um, <laughs> but I do joke around about this. with Now with the playoff series, now you have the wild card series. You have the divisional series, you have the championship series, and now you have the World Series, which could potentially, I think, this year end on November 2nd or 3rd. At some point, when do you start? What happens when Minnesota makes it against Colorado? Um, that's We're going to watch Game 7 of, of the World Series the same day that we're watching the Lions play on Thanksgiving Day because all the snow outs. I mean, mm-hmm. how warm is it going to be in November at 8.30 at night in Minnesota with no roof? Or Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. not going to be warm. No, not at all. And so it's, I mean, not that I'm a fan of building domes, but I mean, Queens, take, for example, Queens. Seventh game of the World Series starts at 830 at night. 
on November 3rd in Queens. It's going to be warm. It's probably going to be cold. <laughs> you know, it's probably going to be cold. And like you said, in an area like Queens, you got that chance. When you go to a place like Minnesota or Colorado, it's going to be cold. You know it's going to be cold. And there's a good chance it's probably going to snow. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. That's And sometime you and I will talk offline about how Target Field got built and what I learned mm -hmm. about it and why it's not a dome and all kinds of fun stuff. But it's another time. Nice. Uh, top 10 rivalry uh, followers. This is Phil. He's a great guy. Like we could do this all day, but we both got to go to work. It's Wednesday morning. We got to do what we got to do. Um, but we'll make sure that we tag him. Make sure you're following him. Like I always say, if you're listening to this while you're driving to work, please don't do it right now because I don't want to cause any car accidents, but make sure that you're following him. He's got great Mets content, good baseball guy. He surrounds himself with a lot of good dudes like Drew who have been on the podcast before. Um, just, Phenomenal people, uh, phenomenal uh, just baseball minds. So, Phil, thank you so much for spending your Wednesday morning with me. I appreciate it. I apologize. I, I hope that didn't make you late for work. I apologize. I ran you a little late. but Not at all. Not at all. This is good time. So I appreciate it. And let's have you back on again. Bill, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward to coming back. You bet. Have a good day, y'all.